Welcome back to the Florida History Podcast. I'm Carter Krishnire. And I'm Robert Bucciolato. Robert, today we're going to talk about the Cross-Florida Barge Canal, which was a political coming out for many, many people uh, in north-central Florida. And in fact, um, you and I were chatting off-air about uh, Jim Williams, your friend, former lieutenant governor, um, state legislator also, who uh, um, was uh, represented Ocala and was actually very concerned uh, about uh, the Barge Canal and part of his legacy uh, was the killing of the canal, um, part of the Jim Williams legacy. Uh, and um, he also helped make uh, ask you aware of, uh, of some of the issues related to it. But uh, the canal was an attempt to connect the Gulf Intercoastal and the Atlantic Intercoastal. Those of you who, who know about the Intercoastal Waterways, the Army Corps of Engineers built a Gulf Coast Intercoastal that ends at Appalachie Bay. Uh, goes from Galveston to Appalachie Bay. The Atlantic Intercoastal goes from uh, from uh, uh, Maine all the way through to uh, Biscayne Bay, right to to the Miami area. And using the St. Johns River and Oklawaha River, they were going to build a barge canal across the state of Florida in the 1950s and 1960s uh, to uh, to try and connect those and bring barge traffic right across the state of Florida. Um, first considered uh, by the Spanish as early as 1567, uh, King Philip II of Spain. It was um, again proposed by John C. Calhoun and John Quincy Adams in the 1820s. And um, there was then a pause in the plans because the Florida Railroad, which we're going to talk about in another episode uh, soon, uh, was finished from Fernandina to Cedar Key. So that connected effectively the two coasts, right? In, in uh, um, 1861, right before the onset of the Civil War. But then in the 1930s, as the New Deal is, um, is being put in place, the Canal Authority of the state of Florida was part of it. And uh, FDR authorized $5 million in funding for the project in 1935. Um, and there was almost universal support from the Florida delegation at the time, although Senator Vandenberg from Michigan, uh, Republican, one of the leaders of the uh, Republicans in the Senate, challenged it. Uh, but um, by the time uh, 1940s rolled around, there had been 13 million cubic uh, yards uh, that had already been excavated. Bridge piers near Ocala were built. And... Uh, um, 1942, another 93 million was thrown in. Uh, dams and locks were, 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 were proposed on the St. John's and Oklawaha rivers. Um, and at this point, opposition starts in the state, um, led by Marjorie Harris, uh, Marjorie Carr Harris, excuse me, right? Um, who, who was the foremost activist in challenging the canal, but also a lot of political awareness in the Ocala area, including your friend, uh, Jim Williams. Now, I think it's important, and I'm glad you mentioned the uh, historical efforts and desires by both the Spaniards and um, what you have the, the Monroe and then the, the John Quincy Adams administrations. The, the desire to have uh, a system of canals throughout the entire hemisphere. The reason, of course, being was this was a time long before 
uh, highway systems and, uh, you know, actual movable, passable public roads. So canal systems were really the lifeblood of the entire country and really basically any country on the planet operated along river systems and canals. So it was a big, huge undertaking of John Quincy Adams when he was Secretary of State to not only uh, acquire Florida, but to set up canal systems to find a way to sort of move around this uh, kind of odd, long-shaped new territory that he had acquired and it was something that was desired for a long time as you mentioned when the railroads came in you had this new means of transportation so it really wasn't um as much of a uh, an urgent issue until of course the new deal they started throwing a lot of money in all of these construction projects um as you mentioned it the cost of it exploded over the the course of its construction. And I think one of the the situations was for the designers, their hunger kind of grew with the eating. The more that they ate, the more that they worked on it, the more they, they kind of wanted to get a little bit creative. And it was really one of those situations where the canal took so long that it got started in a time period where there was sort of a revival of canal systems and waterway systems to, uh, you know, make sort of routes of uh, commerce and trade a lot easier. So it would back up the highway systems or things of that nature. And by the time that it was really, you know, halfway done, near finished, it ran into a different climate. We were no longer interested in these projects. We were now beginning to have budding views about conservation, fears of development, fears of damaging our natural uh, spaces. And so it was really one of those situations where the idea was beloved for a very long time, but when they finally had the money for it, the cost of the undertaking just kept on ballooning to such a point that eventually, uh, it outlived its need. Yeah, absolutely right. And in fact, uh, you make a great point. Because it didn't get constructed, quote, in time, and it fell into the 1960s, the environmental movement took over. So um, real quickly, uh, President Kennedy uh, allocated more money to it in his 1963 budget. Uh, he gets assassinated the next year. President Johnson comes down to Florida, sets off the explosives that started construction, and the thought was the canal uh, would get done by the early 1970s. They begin constructing parts of the canal. They begin uh, building bridges. You know, in fact, there's still a couple of those high bridges, uh, the State Road 19 bridge over the Oklahoma and the State Road 40 bridge in Ocala National Forest um, over uh, the, the, the proposed canal, and then also the... Uh, uh, State Road 19 bridge, which got lowered a few years ago, but that over the 
uh, Wallahatchee River, uh, which was going to connect right into uh, the Gulf of Mexico in, um, in Hernando County or Citrus County. I believe it's Citrus County, actually. Um, so there are a couple of bridges left. And they began constructing these bridges, Robert. They began rebuilding bridges and, uh, and, and, and channelizing portions of the Oklawaha River so it, it could take barge traffic. But in the late 1960s, the environmental movement really gained consciousness. Uh, we mentioned, obviously, Marjorie Harris Carr for good reason. She was the leader of the fight. Uh, against uh, the canal, and she was a, a Floridian who had grown up in Fort Myers, went to Florida State, uh, which was then a women's college, and became and was a scientist, right, and gotten a, a graduate degree from UF, um, and was in fact uh, someone who was involved in issues of hydrology and e uh, ecolo ecology and zoology. She was a zoologist, actually, that she realized the environmental damage this would do. So in the 1960s, she's uh, leading the fight. Others like uh, Nat Reed, who was a prominent Republican from Southern Florida, who had the ear of the Nixon administration, get involved. Jim Williams, who was in the state legislature from the Ocala area, which the canal is going to go right through Ocala. Um, Ocala is the primary city along the canal. Um, uh, get to have the year of the uh, of Ruben Askew, and uh, Askew uh, becomes the first Florida governor during this period to really express skepticism about the canal. And Nixon finally kills it uh, around the same time he designates the EPA and does a number of other environmental things, including killing uh, the Everglades jet port, which we've talked about previously um, on this podcast. So. Um, that ends up happening, but the state, the state legislature was still filled with these, um, what, with these pork choppers, right, who wanted this thing. So the state actually, despite the fact that Askew tried to get them to deauthorize it, although there was no money coming from the federal government, so they couldn't, once Nixon killed it, there was no money coming from the federal government, they couldn't do anything more with it. Askew was trying to get them to just deauthorize it. They don't deauthorize it until 1991 when Lawton Childs and Buddy McKay, who was also from Ocala, uh, his lieutenant governor, who was an opponent of the canal, um, are in office and, and push it through the legislature. Then they turn it into a greenway. And I think everybody now knows uh, the Marjorie Harris cross Florida greenway with the bike trails and the Santos trail and all those famous things. But uh, the reality, Robert, which a lot of people don't know now, is that was supposed to be a huge barge canal like the Erie Canal running through the center of the state of Florida. So interesting about this is um, not not only today is it uh, just such a gorgeous gorgeous state park that everybody if you're in the area please do yourself a favor and go see it's incredible but it is such a lasting um, embodiment of what is now perceived as governmental waste and how it was started at a time period where uh, projects like this were sort of ways for congressmen to, to sort of bring money home. And so they were very popular. Water projects were very popular all throughout the country, not just the South and not just in Florida. And so it, it was so ironic that at the, the time when LBJ said that it, it would be finished by the mid-70s, that actually ended up being the decade that effectively killed water projects. I mean, that was really- That was it, yep. That was uh, Richard Nixon, uh, Ford, and to a huge extent, Jimmy Carter. They effectively killed 
any unnecessary spending on water projects. And that was, um, yeah, I mean, that if it wasn't for the tenacity of a lot of, uh, you know, pork chop uh, representatives who were, you know, still around up until the, the 1980s, uh, that would have been the death knell for the project. But as it was, um, this was a project that I guess was was a dream for a lot of people for a very, very long time. And uh, oddly enough, it was always in this state of limbo. Uh, now, of course, it you could say it's one of the most expensive state parks ever created. Yeah, yeah, uh, probably the most expensive state park, maybe in the country, for all we know. <laughs> So uh, thank you again for that, Robert, and we'll catch you next week with another new Florida History Podcast. Okay.